Welcome to the More Than More podcast, where we discuss building meaningful, impactful businesses, careers, and lives through real estate. Welcome back, everyone, uh, to another episode of the More Than More podcast. Dylan here, and I am with Abby Robertson. Abby, welcome. Hey, everybody. Uh, it's the middle of the day. You had a good day so far? I've had a good day, yeah. Met with someone I hadn't seen for probably... I don't know, two years? Isn't that what everybody's saying right now? <laughs> I haven't seen oh, they've been, person they've for been hiding? Years. No, um, I met her through a volunteer organization years ago. Um, and I just hadn't seen her forever. She's been in my database. I just thought, let's meet. This is like coffees and lunches, getting back. Yes. And I thought, you know what? I'm just going to contact people that make me smile. And she's definitely one of them. But I, I got to tell you, I probably hadn't seen her in person for probably four years. But yeah, we went for two hours and then we had to go because we had meetings and Is this the one you, gone were, longer. you were saying you guys ended up at the at different locations? <laughs> yes. Okay. okay, we're both yes, we're both working moms. She has her own business. I have my own business. I show up at nine o'clock at a coffee shop. The appointment was really for nine thirty. I text her at nine thirty because now there's no places to sit in the coffee shop I'd sat outside of for a half hour. And uh, she's at a different coffee shop. So yeah. <laughs> We got it done. We got it done. <laughs> I was amongst my own, clearly. I've done that with the Caribou by the Urbandale office because oh, yeah. there's there's one on either side now. We always used to oh, go to the one is? down in Waukee. Okay. Never mind. No, but, well, there's one on, well, maybe one on University. So you guys hooked what? up eventually. I, I love that we uh, did. Popeyes and lunches and coffees are happening again. Yeah, it's my um, new assistant actually was helping me out and doing the Popeyes today and she uh, just called me, let me go, sh- let me know she got her first uh, ticket from a cop <laughs> ever in her life <laughs> for running a red light. She's going to love that I'm telling you that. But Excuse yeah. me, officer. I, I'm doing Popeyes <laughs> with the Robertson team. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. So those were happening today kind of simultaneously because I've got a great new team member. So Yeah. What, what do you call your team? We don't have a name for it yet. Okay. You know, um, Stacy Jorgensen is my new... I don't know, almost calling her a CEO. She's a brainstormer with me. She's a, a businesswoman turned stay-at-home mom turned businesswoman again. So I, it's fun to have someone to really brainstorm with. And we don't even have a title for her yet. We're, we're getting there. <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been fun to meet her briefly and see what yeah. you guys are up to. And uh, do you have, a, you have another team member joining? I or? have a potential team member. So uh, Stacy was a client of mine um, as well. And then Andrew... Um, is a client of mine that has been talking to me about getting his license or okay. throwing it out to me for the last couple of years. And, and we met for coffee and he finally did it and he'd love to be a part of something. So I think he's going to jump on board. That would be fun. Yeah. He passed the test. First step. <laughs> um, I have, so and I, then I have to come up with a name, don't I? <laughs> I think you need to name your team because, you know, a lot of my questions yeah. for you actually are about kind of marketing and branding. Ah, yeah. And yeah. So I am, I'm interested to, uh, see where you take this but hey let's kick off with this you uh i think you know your numbers from last year you know you had a pretty good year right i had a good year the weird thing about me that you know that many people probably don't know you don't want to measure it i don't want to measure i don't (laughs) look at the numbers i think someone in the office said something to me recently about her numbers last year and i was like wow good for you and she's like didn't you have that too and i was like i don't know did i Because she's seen it on the rankings, but I don't ever look at them. So. Well, so let me put you on the spot. You yeah. sold almost half a million dollars of gross commissions, and you were up 52% last year compared to the year before. And it's not like last year was shabby, right? No, I mean, it was an amazing year. Um, I was telling my parents I was going to do this podcast today, and I said, I'm not sure if he's going to focus on 
you know, family life or work life or both or whatever. And um, my mom said, what are you going to say? Don't do it. <laughs> if he asked you to, what you want to tell the crowd. I was like, no, 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 you can do it. I can't say that I do everything well, but I'm, I am doing it all. So, yeah. <laughs> well, I'll try and not go anywhere that I'm not supposed to go. <clears throat> no. no, it was a great year. I, I was super blessed. I, I, as you know, because I've learned from you, I do my business by referral. So yep. that's, that's a lot of people that I enjoyed working with. So that makes it fun. Yeah. Well, so 2021 was a good win. Um, yeah. I, I want to get into the referral thing. I want to get into the marketing thing with you. Cause I think both of those are very much a part of your story. I, I yeah. know um, a lot of people will be interested to dig into a little bit about your girls. Yeah. And so I've got a lot of stuff up in okay. the air, but uh, we'll just go where the wind blows. <laughs> okay. But that sounds good. can, can we start though with your story, with your history into real estate? So yeah. you are from um, originally Rhinebeck, Iowa. Okay. Is that what you're asking? So yeah, I Town grow. of yeah, it's a town of like 1,200 people, no stoplights kind of thing. Um, small town. Never been on an airplane until I'm in college. Um, and then I meet roommates that are doing some pretty cool stuff, and then I get some pretty big dreams, and then I end up out in Oregon on a spring break and decide I want to work for Nike. That's my dream. That's what I'm going to do. That was what I wanted to work for as a kid. Too. Really? Yeah. yeah. That's funny. So I went out, well, I saw it, you know, I was out in Portland, Oregon. I would drive by, it's like a college campus. And I'm like, that's what I'm going to do. And also was working for John Deere for four years in college. So I knew what huh. I didn't want. Everybody there would have, I don't know, five years out. They know exact days till they got to retire. And I uh, thought, okay. I don't want to work someplace to retire from it. So Nike was fun, yeah. energetic, had, had, uh, had a, a vibe and a brand. And a big learning for me too. I was a part of this, um, well, I got to do ACG, which was, you know, the Lance Armstrong before he was Lance Armstrong. Hmm. And then um, like Canadian snowboard team, we went up to Canada and did all that stuff. But I was also part of this college rep program. Okay, but hold on now. You yeah. did work for Nike or you I wanted- did. Oh. I did. Yeah, I you missed didn't this. know that. I, I, know, I know the Red Bull thing, oh, but I didn't gosh. know Nike. So you, you, how long did you work there? So, well, in my Buffini pro, um, profile, I'm a marksman. So if I get a mark, I go. Okay. So, so Nike was the mark. So I moved out there. So you're better at this than me then, because I dreamed about Nike. You actually did it. I actually, well, nice I job. figured out who, they, who the temp agency was. I knew there were a lot of temporary workers that were really full-time. And I called them every single day. Super humiliating, super embarrassing. How old are you? But got in. Uh, yeah. 22. Okay, you're 22. 22, and you're, 23. You're headhunting your way into Nike. Yes, wow. I wanted it. Like, I just really wanted it. And then um, I remember that I got the call. You're going to interview. It's in the John McEnroe building. And the woman you're interviewing with is Margie Wargo was her name. And I thought, Margie, and she works at Nike. She must be, that's odd. Like, how old is she? <laughs> super young, super fun, friends with her to this day. Crazy enough, her stepmother lives in West Des Moines. So I've seen her here in Iowa, and this was... I don't know, 30 years ago now. So Okay, so, and I don't want to, I want to come back yeah. to this from the marketing side because that's yeah. even better than just Red Bull. So yeah. somewhere you're in Nike for how many years? I was only there a couple years. And then you moved to Red Bull or? No, then I got the travel bug and backpacked Europe for a while. So I left Nike to do that. I mean, there's another story with that. I started a consulting company just to get through and blah, 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 blah. But um, I, I decided to go backpacking Europe. So I kind of quit everything and did that. I know it's very for bizarre. For how long? Uh, nine weeks by myself. Wow. <laughs> it's not a vacation when you're by yourself or you're, and you had no cell phone. That's how old I was or how, yeah. that's how old, how long ago this was, was no cell phone. So my parents must've been like, what the heck? But I did it. 
And now I, and then after that, I moved to, to LA area, uh, Redondo Beach in Los Angeles. And everybody was like, whoa, aren't you scared? I was like, they speak English there. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, no big deal. After, you know, after something like that, everything's kind of not a big deal. So, so then I worked for an event company and got my feet wet yeah. with an event company. I was doing direct marketing for Toyota and Lexus. I wanted to be a part of the event part of it. And I uh, would always work late. Um, seems to be a problem I have with every job. But I would meet up with this woman who had an office next to mine. And she's like, hey, I, I know a guy that uh, does the torch relay for the Olympics. Because I'm like, I've always wanted to work for the Olympics. You know, that's a thing. And, and she's like, yeah, he's probably looking for people for Salt Lake City. That's how long ago this was. And it's like, oh, wow, hook me up. And so I flew out to Salt Lake City, interviewed with him, offered me the job at the airport before I flew back. And then next thing I know, I'm packing up everything and moving to Boulder, Colorado, to work for this company that does the torch relay for the Olympics. <laughs> okay, this is like even, this is much more history than I recall. So <laughs> it's crazy. All I remembered was Red Bull because I remember yeah. meeting. Okay, that's the next step. No, no, this is yeah. good. So somewhere you, you've got Nike, an yeah. event center. You've, you've traveled, not event center, and events yeah. uh, consulting. Yeah, know. yeah, direct marketing, yeah. marketing pieces for Toyota. You've traveled the world. And, yep. and then um, I got, well, when I was working for the Olympic company, I mean, that's another crazy one. So I got put on the BMW and Land Rover programs in Latin America. So now mm. I'm in Argentina on a polo ranch running a program for a ride and drive. <laughs> I know. So I got to go to Argentina. I got to go to Costa Rica a couple times and run these programs where we bring vehicles in. People could test drive them. I managed the instructors that we brought in from around the world. And yeah, so kind of really, really, really wild. And I did one in Vegas too. It's not like we always did them in a different country, but. What are you doing in <laughs> Iowa selling real estate? <laughs> I got tired. Yeah. No, I did. I, you know, I loved traveling for a while until I didn't. Yeah. I lived in um, Boulder and Denver at that time. And then it was like, oh my gosh, I'm burnt out. Every time I'm home, I've been traveling mm. for, you know, internationally and such. So I was like, you know, I think I just need to, and I got to run in the torch relay. I have a torch. Mm. I should bring it to the office. Yeah. So that was like, you know, that I have a bad habit of dream realized what next dream realized what next. And so with that, I got, I got pretty burnt out. I was pretty tired. And so I left that and I actually got into Red Bull through a headhunter and I didn't even know it was Red Bull until I got like third interview in. And he's like, so the product is Red Bull. Have you ever heard of that? And I was like, I think I've heard of it. I think I had it at a bar. And he's like, yes, that would be it. <laughs> <laughs> and also way prior to that, I had it in Europe backpacking. Remember I was with a couple guys from Australia and they were talking about this and we got one, you know, you would just meet people from different areas all over different countries. And I remember we got one. That was my first thought of what is this? And then it was at a bar in, in Denver, Colorado. And your stomach is still recovering. <laughs> I had it every day for quite a few years. I had a smoothie recipe, a drink recipe, a running event all day recipe. <laughs> so yeah. So how many years were you there with them? I was there six. Okay. So I was a, a market manager and I managed a bunch of 20 somethings and college students. So flashback to Nike, I did a college rep program and mm. it my learning there was we had a little bit of money and then we had programs and then we picked these strategically picked one um, employee, one student from these different universities. So Howard University's program, although given the same things, looked very different from, oh, I don't know, Stanford. You know, those two kids got to, you know, 
brainstormed together and they each had money and they each had, you know, swag to give out, but their programs look so different because their universities were different. So that was kind of my first learning about branding and marketing and people being a part of something and being authentic. You know, we wanted someone on campus. We didn't want to come in and just start throwing stuff around. We wanted that person who was that guy or that gal on campus to be a part of it mm. and then kind of grassrootsy. Okay, so we're going to do a separate three-hour on, <laughs> on, on just all the adventures that you've had. Because, no, that's a lot it's of fun wild. stuff. But yeah. somewhere along the line, then you show up in Urbandale and you're ready to get into real estate. I do. I've got an amazing family. I blame them. Okay. Yeah. So I came back uh, for family. I did a, a move with Red Bull. The Iowa rep was leaving the company and contacted me and said, I'm leaving. You want to throw your name in the hat? So that's kind of how I ended up back here. And I... I was offered a promotion to go to Los Angeles, which is Red Bull, where Red Bull headquarters is, when I told them I was going to move to Iowa. And I said, you know what? I think i got to do Iowa. So I'm happy I did. You know, I'm really happy I did because my family is here. You came back here with Red Bull. With Red Bull. <coughs> so, so how does that transition move. into real estate? Yeah. Um, and then I just got burnt out. You okay. know, I got all these. I got 40, 20-somethings I'm managing and um, events and, you know, all of it. So um, I did a quick stint with a technology company as, a um, like, a communications manager. And then I got laid off, like everybody else. And then I remember talking to a friend of mine, and she said, I just got my license in Minnesota. You should, you should go into real estate. And I was like, yeah, good time to go into real estate. This was, like, 2010. And she's like, well, if it's not a buyer's market, it's a seller's market. It's always a real estate market. And I was like, wow, okay. That's a better pitch <laughs> sure than I gave. <laughs> <laughs> and then when I really decided, I kind of thought, you know what, I'm going to maybe do this. Um, I, I was so up in my head about being laid off and money and all that. You know, I'm a single girl and I've got a mortgage. And so strangely I go on a mission trip to an orphanage in Jamaica to just like think about something else and not myself when I get back I met with Megan Mitchum because that same year I had signed up for just a um, small groups um, at our church huge 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 church sign up for a small group and they put you in these random groups Megan's in the group Mm. so I knew she was a realtor I'd been around her from that I got her mailings and um, so I said, hey, I'm thinking about this. I met her at a Panera, <laughs> and we talked about it. And then I just, yeah, it's like, I think you need to meet with Century 21. So I did in the old office off 86 yeah. by the Panera. <laughs> I remember our meeting quite clearly. Yeah. <clears throat> I did not recall that that happened through Megan. Oh, really? That's cool. Yeah. Well, what's funny about that story is so you met her, you got her mailings. Yeah. Um, and then at some point, did you help my parents with a real estate need or something? I still work with them. They've referred people to me. Because so I still do Popeyes That's to what them. I was saying. Like yeah. t- today, my parents are getting mailings yes. from you. So it's, yes. Uh, Hans <clears throat> was in the office next to me for a while. So yeah. yeah it's And they're just, yeah, sweet. So I what, saw your mom. She came and got a pie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's I, I know. I, I, I ate a piece. <laughs> what, awesome. what year did you start selling? 2011. Okay, so it's on I'm the back end of the of the dip. We're we're still kind of in a little bit of short sale territory. Oh, big time. But um, a year from then is when things. So it was really good timing, actually. But that first yeah. year, talk us through the first year, first three five. Tell us about the journey. So first yeah. year was easy, hard. How'd it go? Horrible. Horribly hard. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The funny part about that are like when I talk to new agents or they see the volume that, you know, agents that have been doing it 10 years are doing or, 
you know, whatever is, I tell them, I was like, you know, I remember that first year they would plan a Friday fun lunch. It's when we first moved into the office downstairs and I never once went because I couldn't afford it. I never went. I never told anybody that was why. I was like, no, I'm, I'm busy. I'm good, you know, because I never wanted to put anything on a credit card. I'm super type A with You've that, always been so. very budget conscious yes. and very conservative yeah. with your money. Yeah. Yep. Always. Like, I, I was raised by farmers, maybe, you say, for a rainy day. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think I'm mostly just wired like that because my grandpa. But Well, you also said it earlier. You, you're, you're also very in your head, right? Yes. And so you were, yes. I think, you approached that first year very cautiously and tentatively and you wanted to make sure that you did what you needed to do so i mean yes. i guess maybe hat off to you for being smart about your budget and stuff but yep. yeah but it was also it almost i remember you being almost on the verge of frozen to some extent yeah. uh i mean it was really hard i remember well we didn't have the training we have now do you know have i told you the story about the first time i wrote an offer and you were I don't want, like, I'll if, be if in it my makes office. me look bad. No, no. <laughs> oh, let's talk about it. <laughs> okay, here we go. No, you were you'll you're like, I'll be in my office. And I was like, okay. And I told my people they were my neighbors. So they had sold for sale by owner, but they're like, Yeah, we'll use you to buy one. And so I um I made sure you were gonna be in your office. And then I told them, I'm like, I'm just gonna put yellow sticky tabs by the stuff I can't explain to you, and then I'm gonna go talk to my broker about it. <laughs> So we'll get to the right answers. And, and they were so cool that's with it? A, yeah, they were cool with it. Yeah, the <coughs> bakers. I still they're still in my database. Did you get through that one okay? I did. The funny part was at closing. Again, I didn't know what I didn't know. And I went to Wasker for my first closing. I still remember it was this Bonnie Christensen. She's still an agent. And she walked over to me and gave me the seller deed packet. Here's seller docs. And, and you pretended like, to know what to do with it? Exactly. <laughs> okay thanks and I was like do I give them to the woman at the front desk do I take them in what do I do like yeah played it cool though it's it's hard because there is no way to learn the licensing process is pretty thorough and you learn a lot about law and agency gotta do it though you gotta jump in the pool and you know that's why we're so intentional about all the training that we're providing now because we think that 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 first year it's you're doing a lot you can do a lot of harm if you don't know what you're doing oh yeah as a, to to you know, to the public yes. to, to buyers and sellers and but but really what this does for me number one we're committed to that first year we got to train people better we got oh to, it's amazing right? now it's we've yes. come a long way but but secondly it also makes me realize the the real value of a seasoned professional yeah. the things that you've figured out in yeah. all this time uh, you just can't there's no way to replace it you can't teach it there's no textbook for that it's years and years and years of bumping your shins and knees and, and like figuring it out and not solving. doing that again you know yeah I call them learnings and not closings that's good every time even after 10 years I'm like okay that was new okay so first year was tough do you remember how much you sold in your first year um I don't but I think it was I mean I started in realistically I think I started in August I think you have my anniversary is June, but I got my license in July and then August is when I started. But um, I think I sold five houses maybe. Yeah. You know, then that was, you know, still kind of, yeah. But you guys tease me because I think my first house was like a $340,000 house. So at that time that was a lot. You had a very high average sale price. Yeah. Yeah. and Not for always at that first year I did. Yeah. Yeah. So then, then second, third, I mean, to talk through the progression, how did you take us from there to where you are today a little bit? Not like yeah. year by year, but. Yeah. Um, what I did and why I think you guys have my anniversary year is June is I went to Chicago with you guys. I don't know if you remember this, but, but Feeney. Turning point. Uh-huh. 
Yeah. Tammy Hicks made us come down at like 6 a.m. and put our books on the front seats of, yeah. the, <laughs> of the room where the presentation was going to happen so we'd be front row groupies. But um, And that was the first time I'd met her. <laughs> um, I started it that way. So I started with the referral letters. I'm now into real estate, you know, and the funny part is being a single girl, everyone thought of me as the one to set up on blind dates. So f- crazy enough, my mindset was if I now switch everybody from thinking of me as a single girl, single girl to set on a blind date as the realtor to refer people to, then I've got it made. Because that's who I was to a lot of friends and family. Even client, I've had, you know, friends, husbands set me up on blind dates. But then it switched. And so again, with marketing and everything else, I'm like, if I can just get them to see me as this, then they'll refer me and then I'll get my feet under me. I also had a lender that said to me, because my trouble in the beginning was, how do I sell myself and believe it? Because I can't sell. I'm not a true salesperson that can sell something I don't believe in. Mm-hmm. So not believing that I had knowledge and had answers because I had not been in the business long was really hard for me. And Tracy Freddy, who's with Lincoln Savings Bank now, I'm still friends with her. She said to me, but you will give it 110% and you will get the right answers and you will be ethical and you will do all these things right. I'm like, yeah. She's like, then that is what you're selling. You're you know, you do have the knowledge. That's a so, nugget. That's a golden nugget. Yeah. Right there. <clears throat> yeah. Not what she said, but that whole, that, that whole minute worth of dialogue yeah. there. Cause I hear that a lot that if you're the product and if you're the value proposition yeah. and knowledge, skills, capabilities, and the foresight is what you're providing your client for the commission. Yeah. How do you, how do you believe that in the first year when you know you don't actually have it yet? I know. But yeah. what she's saying is, but you're, you're willing to find the answers. You're willing to go the extra yes. mile. And you yeah. have the resources and you're smart enough to go after it basically to treat them the best possible way. Uh, that was good. That was good advice. Yeah. She's still a lender. I still work with her. I still trust her. Love it. So, <laughs> um, yeah. you also said something interesting there that I think is jumping ahead just a little bit. The, when you expressed re, rebranding yourself. You said I was the girl that everyone was setting up with people. I I wanted to make them think of me as what I heard there was the mind of a marketer. (laughs) That's a marketing mind at work. You were repositioning yourself. Yes. That's, uh, you know, with Red Bull, Red Bull was a uh, marketing company with an energy drink. That's the deal with them. Like everything about them was the marketing, the branding, the positioning. So I learned a lot of it from that. Or the Nikes or the BMWs and the Land Rovers of the world. Like People want to be a part of that brand for whatever reason. So how do I make people want to be a part of my brand and trust me enough to refer people and feel like now they're a part of it too and it's amazing and you're going to get taken care of. So that's kind of my mindset behind it. Um, because that's how I was trained. I've never once had a marketing class. I was elementary education at University of Northern Iowa for three years. And then the last year I switched to communications. <laughs> Learning on the job with you that You didn't too. learn marketing, but... No. <clears throat> yeah. um, from an archetype's perspective, uh, do you consider yourself a marketer or a networker? Like, how do you frame yourself? A networker. I love to be like, oh, you should meet so-and-so because they know this and that and the other. And I feel like because of my life experiences, I can pretty much find something to connect with somebody on, (laughs) on some level. I really do. Like, I don't know whether it's where I've traveled or where I've worked or what I've done or who I know or... Um, so to me, it's very easy and it's fun to connect people like, oh, you're going to love each other because of this. And well, and it seems that you're not afraid if you're a 22 year old picking up the phone, calling Nike, <laughs> it was embarrassing. <laughs> it was humbling, but yes. Yeah. But it's the difference between massive success and mediocrity. You, yeah. you did what others wouldn't do. Yeah. It's the hard stuff. And it's the, it's figuring out 
I mean, for me, it's different right now. But when I was going after jobs, it was it's figuring out what the brand is about. So like I would have kids come to me and they're I want to work at Nike, you know, when I'm done with school and like, well, put your resume on a basketball and send it in. Don't send a paper black and white resume like. Okay, but where'd that come from? If you weren't trained as a marketer, that, that's think, a brilliant response. Yeah. I mean, just seeing it, being there and seeing it, I think, you know, you watch of this understanding. play out in these organizations. Yeah. I mean, I never saw anybody do it, but I'm like, if I'm sitting there and I've got a zillion resumes, what do I want? Someone who gets yeah. the brand goes ahead, you know, even with, with Red Bull, I remember I, um, I had no idea about their marketing or any of it, but I was like, whatever, you know, and I put together <laughs> red and blue in the shape of the can little presentation for them when I went to the interview. Like, I mean, it was completely off base because I didn't know how they were marketing stuff. But I think the fact that I did it was, yeah. I also <laughs> was on a, <laughs> this is another crazy, I was on a road tour. Who uh, knew that you had this many crazy stories? <laughs> I've had like 10 lives. So I'm on a road tour with uh, Clear Channel was the employer, but crazy enough, Avon was the customer. So I'm driving a box truck across the country with a pop-up spa for these Avon ladies in these different states, we would pop it up, they would come, they would showcase their products and try and sell them. And then we would break it all down and move to the next city or whatever. I mean, New York City, we were in the city and did it. Um, so anyway, I, I was happened to be in New York when Red Bull called me back for a second interview. Um, so the first interview, I flew to Portland on my own dime. I didn't tell them where I was. I just said, yep, I'll be there in Portland. Um, and then they called me back for a second interview in California. Well, I'm in New York with a road tour. Um, this time they paid for it, which was good. But I had to, when I flew back, I had to, um, I flew in, I had to go to a bus station and then take a bus to, take a taxi to the bus station, take a bus to the um, place where my team was and meet them at a coffee shop because I was on this road tour. <laughs> so it was like, I wanted it that bad. I like wanted that bad. I remember he said to me, would you move anywhere for Red Bull? In that second interview, I was in Walnut Creek, California. I was like, oh, yeah, I would move anywhere. And then I said, except maybe Montana, because <laughs> I'm not really a winter girl. And he said, how about Boise, Idaho? And I was like, <laughs> I said, how is that different than Montana? <laughs> so then I lived in Boise for four years <laughs> and loved it. Absolutely loved it. Only moved because of Iowa. So but just I, being I open to all of it. wanted it that bad. Yes. I love that. Yes. Yeah. So I, I want to take that. I love where you went with this because yeah. I, so I think of you as a marketer, but that's because yeah. I've watched you build your brand and market yourself. And, and I, your mind works like a marketer's mind. Yeah. That, and I love what you said. You, you saw that done. And so perhaps that's most of what this is about is just having your eyes open to what real marketing looks like. Oh yeah. But uh, you're saying you're actually a networker. And you're good at making connections, connections yeah. with people. And I think that's clearer in your story. But help me help me a little bit with the connection between what you learned then. So Nike and Red Bull are archetypes, right, for brand and marketing. Mm -hmm. And they know who they are. Mm -hmm. And they've built out a persona around that. And they know who they're targeting. Right. They're, um, they're the case studies. I have a marketing degree, right? And yeah. that's what they teach you about is how to do <laughs> what those guys do. Yeah. Um, how, how does that relate then to selling real estate in Des Moines, Iowa? Uh, have you thought through those connections or maybe another way to ask the question is what did you learn there that you think has carried forward into real estate for you? I think one thing is you don't have to be everything to everybody. Yeah. So I think even this year, like through like business planning and what I want to do, I'm thinking who are my people? 
that I feel good in, like who am I having coffees with that just are my people. I don't have to be everything to everybody, but I can be a lot to these people that believe in me and and want to refer people to me. And the same thing goes for, you know, Nike doesn't necessarily try to be Adidas or vice versa because they're all out in the same, you know, area of the world. They're all in Portland. But, and I think also with Red Bull, you know, the other big thing is to not make fear-based decisions. I really think that, you know, I was at Nike when they celebrated 25 years, so they were pretty young. And I saw the pullback and the, and then people got laid off. And that's part of the reason I left because I, the environment just switched. I'm like, am I going to be next? I'm going to go to Europe or do whatever, you know? And um, same thing happened with Red Bull. When I started, there was no monster energy drink or whatever. And then the fear base, we were so grassroots when I started, everybody was so legitimate in the market. Mm. And then all of a sudden monster comes in and there's all these other ones come in. And then, you know, then we're, you know, I call myself an 8.3 ounce purist with Red Bull because we were never going to be anything but 8.3 ounces. That's who we are. We're not going to be trying to be everything to everybody. Well, now they're everything to everybody. They got flavors. They got, so that evolved. But I found about myself with that is I love the drive. I love the, the get there, the go to the, you know, I love how century 21 when I started was tiny <laughs> and now it's developed and strong and, you know, confident and has all these programs for everybody that when people come in, it's like they're part of something. Well, so the danger or the challenge then is, is building out better infrastructure capability service without losing that passion for who, who are we for? Yeah. Like we're not for everybody, right? Yes. That's true for us. It's true for you. Stay it's true, true for Nike and yes. Red Bull apparently. Yeah. What is what did you call it? I'm an eight point something. Three ounce purist. Because <laughs> we were only going to be eight point three ounces. That's what we did, you know. And you know what they do to to make everybody so brand loyal is they live what they say. So you go to a team meeting and you go skydiving after you brainstorm. <laughs> like they live what they say. So I think that's true with real estate too. You know, I live what I say. Like I, you know, neighborhoods are important. People are important. I don't, I'm not a, a, a I'm not a salesperson. Yeah. I'm not. I, that's a hard part for me. I know you probably know that about me. I'm, I'm here to make their journey amazing and fun and, and get what they want. I'm not here to sell, 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 you know, that's where. Well, that's one way to put it. I, I, I love, I agree with yeah. what you're saying. I also teach everyone that they are salespeople. <laughs> I'm selling me. I'm selling me. <clears throat> that's well, a little different. And maybe yeah. it's about the style of sales. I yes. mean, perhaps it's got more to do with you're not a prospector salesperson. You're not running around yeah. knocking on doors, pitching a product. You're not peddling a widget. Yeah. You are figuring out the needs and wants of the people that you're connecting with and yeah. then figuring out how to tailor a product or a solution to solve their problems. Right. Well, that to me is the distinction between marketing and advertising. Like I think of, and then sales. Marketing yeah. to me is, well, advertising is you have a widget or a, a product and you're just trying to get exposure for it so people buy it. Yeah. Marketing is where you figure out the, the market's needs. What yes. is missing? What's a need or a problem? How can I build something that solves that problem? And, uh, you know, we're not Nike, but at the end of the day, we are in the same game as it pertains to our clients, right? Buyers and sellers. We're trying yeah. to figure out what the market really needs right now. What are, what are buyers and sellers struggling with that everybody else isn't providing them? But man, this 8.3 ounce purist <laughs> thing, that is, <laughs> I am going to, that's a I, bumper sticker. Keep in mind, I have not had a Red Bull in I don't know how many years. Nor should but, you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
unless my 14 year old did ask me for an energy drink today and i was like no way well, i think it's acceptable <laughs> if there's vodka in it <laughs> otherwise that's I mean, there's nothing healthy in that although i could give you the spiel about how healthy they are because i said it for many years mm-hmm. <laughs> <clears throat> okay but you just said a lot of stuff and um so what's the what's the you don't have to be everything for everybody as it relates to real estate sales um, I think, you know, when I was early in the business, it was chasing after people. I think you become, you know, I think I stole it from Baba, but when I do a buyer agency agreement, I say this is the difference between me being a real estate volunteer and a real estate professional. So we're going to move forward. I'm a professional. This is like a listing contract, but for buyers, I'm working with you, you're working with me. So instead of just Oh, I'll just go show them a few and then be upset when they don't call me back or go somewhere else. I don't have to be everything to everybody. I'm a professional. I know what I'm doing. I'm going to help them. Here we go. So just being honest, <clears throat> that sounds a lot easier to do. When you've been in it 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, that uh, first sure. year, it's hard, right? Oh, gosh, yeah. I mean, I did follow everything, and I went on appointments where you know they were going to bring money to closing. And I'm like, I don't know if I can recommend they sell, you know, that kind of a thing. But so jumping ahead, I, yeah. I mean, this is one of the last questions. But like, so what? What's your advice then to new agents? Do you, if if being an eight point three out purist <laughs> is is the goal, and we don't have to be everything to everyone, is that true? Asterix, except for in your first year, where you need to, you really need to fill the funnel, or yes. is it? No, like if you can be that purist in the first year, build your product around who you are and your ideal client. I mean, yeah. is it a balance between those two? I think that, I think it depends. I didn't know anybody in Des Moines. You I'd were, only been here for Red Bull and I was not working with anybody buying a house. You're a networker with no network. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. I could network across this whole country right now, but in Des Moines, I didn't know anybody unless you were like 20. <laughs> going to Drake <laughs> or Iowa State. <laughs> and let's just say um, they weren't buying houses they in were 2011. Not buying houses. So I think um, if you are from here or from wherever you're marketing yourself, you are, a, you do know the area. You do know real estate in Des Moines or you can sure find out, you know, from Century 21 if you want the actual facts. So if I you think want it you that sh- bad. Yeah, if you want it that bad. <laughs> Seriously. I'm, and I think you could be the expert. I think you could just say, you know, I, I don't think it has to be as hard as it was for me, I guess is the way. It, because you were in your head so much or because? In my head and I didn't know anybody. I didn't have a network. <clears throat> yeah. And I didn't have the training I have now. I was so new, you know. We didn't have all of it. I had the Buffini, but I remember, and, I, and I've and i told new agents this, if you, I had to b- modify the Buffini uh, pathway, maybe was the one that we took. Um, pathway, pathway to success. To, uh, or, uh, uh, yeah, I don't it's know. It's changed a few times. I know, over the years. I know. It's a different name now, but I did that, but I didn't have enough people. I didn't have a database because I didn't know enough people. Even yeah. if I listed hairdressers and everybody else, I couldn't do as many notes that we was we were required to do in the yes. class. So, it's not a direct answer to your question, but it's it's an answer that I give new agents, which is just put your head down, do the activities. And do them well. How did you work around that? If you had such a small database, how did you build what you have today? Because you're principally right. working by referral. Yes. Yeah. So how, build the, the, the bridge between those two things. Yeah. Um, I think I decided that I needed to join some things, right? So I joined volunteer organizations. I joined Leukemia and Lymphoma Society Marathon. I've had a couple of clients from that. We trained together for a marathon in San Diego. 
um, junior league, I've got lots of clients from that, and I haven't been involved, but I was heavily involved the first seven years I was in it. This so, was a decision you made. You said I was yes, going to go join a yep. bunch of networking groups. Yep. I'm okay. going to join things that I believe in. Love it. And then I'm going to meet people that believe in it, and then it's not forced. I've never been a part of any chambers or anything because that's not really who I am, you know. Well, but that's I'm back like, to the authenticity thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't fake it. I'm not really good at faking it. You know, you know that about me. Well, <laughs> so I can't fake stuff. I'm usually pretty transparent with things. That's like one of my top three words, authenticity. I, okay, I, it's, good. it's everything to me because I, <laughs> I think we're similar in that regard. Yeah. I, I don't pretend yeah, yeah, very well. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, no, no pretending. <clears throat> it's a strength and a weakness. <laughs> <laughs> but people that know you love you, so. <laughs> well, do you know me yet? <laughs> <clears throat> Let me talk to your wife that you can't hear very well. <laughs> <We've>, <laughs> hold on, that was before oh, we started that's recording. Right, that's right. <laughs> we were talking about uh, the capacity to hear different, what do you call it, tones? Tones, yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah. Abby Sorry. apparently doesn't Sorry. hear men's voices very well, and I don't hear my wife's <laughs> voice very well. <laughs> truth <laughs> hey you can't just drop bombs like know, that in the I'm middle so of a sorry. podcast i'm so sorry <laughs> my bad it's perfect authentic authentic we also talked about the fact that we would not edit this so <laughs> okay um no, that's really good so um i love the networking story there i love the intentionality about building out your database we yeah. have a lot of agents well most of them are from here but you're not the only one that's had to struggle through building out a network uh so i love the intentionality there Talk more about the brand side of things then. Like, um, you don't have to be everything to all people. Mm -hmm. uh, who are my people is what you said earlier on. Yeah. Um, what does building a brand mean or look like then in a small real estate team like yours? Um, well, at first, I mean, it was really hard for me at first. Like, even simple things like, you know, putting my face on a business card, I thought was ridiculous. You didn't like that idea? No, but then I did, I, again, I was very committed. So the very first year, I don't know if you'll remember this, there was another agent in our office and needed help at open houses. And I'm like, I'll commit to a year. So every stinking Sunday, I think that maybe three of my first year, I was at an open house for new construction, running people around to different houses and, and all of that. <laughs> I do remember yes, yeah. yes. And I, and that's when I realized I do need to have my face on a business card. I don't think I had it on my first. Mm. I was broke also, and we didn't have a photographer here. So I was like, I'm not going to hire somebody to take my picture and put it on a card. So I didn't even have it for a while. And then I realized for people to recognize me as they went through opens and stuff, because they'd be like, I think I talked to you before. And so started doing that. But I, I mean, stuff like you know pens and I that was everything I've been trained not to do mm -hmm. with marketing and now I'm in an environment where like that's what people do you know koozies and different things for recognition on people's cars and yeah and you've got a lot of that stuff you have bottles with your stuff I on have, it. you I have, have your logo you were at uh, Jason Pantana's event yes, a yeah, couple days yep. ago did you hear him say your brand is your voice your mind your heart yep. and your face mm -hmm. uh, I'm trying to still get my head around that well, None of my sold sign <clears throat> pictures at me, and um, <laughs> it's about the story of my people, and I need to get past that, of course. But. No, I, I so I think he's right, but I also have another idea. Do you? Ooh, did you have, <laughs> do tell. Well, did you read <laughs> Seth Godin's book? This is marketing. I've read part of it. It's it's you know it's Seth Seth, and so the most of my books. the style is interesting, and mm -hmm. you got to get into it. But um, if you get a chance, finish the book, and okay. it is a brilliant thesis on marketing. And what he's saying is, marketing is not the pens, it's not the bottles, it's not the logo. It's finding your target audience, 
figuring out their need, need or want, obsessing with, with what would solve that problem for them and forgetting about everybody else. It's yeah. what you said earlier. Marketing yeah. is finding who you're trying to solve a problem for and creating solutions tailored just to them. And does that have a logo? Does it have a face? Yeah, it does. But everything you've described up until now is what resonates for me when I think about marketing. I don't think of bottles or logos. Or Now, that yeah. said, in the real estate space, you are the product. And so having your face on the sign and the car does matter because how else will they associate um, what you have and who you are? Yeah, and uh, visibility in the market. Yeah, you have to put know. some face to it. And the best one is yours because you Still are ultimately, yeah. yeah, but, but, but I, I want to be clear. What I'm saying is I think that you don't need to get over that. Yeah. I think you need to stick with what you've been doing and just be, be, yeah. be authentic to the target audience that you're working to serve and be obsessed with them and their outcomes. And I think that's marketing. And like I said earlier, I'm not a true salesperson. I can't fake anything. Mm -hmm. So I can't fake that. I want to be in, the spotlight. Okay, so say I'm not a true salesman. Say that a different way. <laughs> Use different words. Um, I am a marketing person, I guess. That's what it goes back to. Um, I love that that piece of it. But again, it's about having people be a part of something because that feels good. So it feels good to them to recommend me and refer me people. And it feels yeah. good for me to know when someone calls me and says, so-and-so referred me. I'm like, yes, they're going to be awesome people. Hmm. So that's all a part of that something same thing with nike it's all these kids that are driven and and are used to like um you know going for it and all that it's it's a it's a feeling it's a you know i don't know i'm not really articulating it very well no, that's good i i i think you've said a lot though you've said no 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 <laughs> let I, me throw you a bunch of stuff you pick it apart well i kind of <laughs> i'm trying to think if i should summarize it or just keep moving let's do this let's all jump right. into just a little bit of your business then on the success side so what you've, you've, you've done a good job. And part of this is kind of summing up where we've been. What would sure. you say has worked for you? Um, one-on-one -on -one relationships. Okay. You know, um, focusing on the database, I guess focusing on the Buffini stuff because I am diligent with notes. They go out every single week, handwritten you, notes. You bought, you, you drank the Kool-Aid pretty early on. I did. Because Tammy forced you to sit in the front row. <laughs> Because I was a groupie from day one. Yeah, but calls, notes, pop buys, kind of by the book, client parties. The only thing I fail on is calls because I'm worried about being salesy. You don't want to. There's yeah. the theme again. Yeah, um, I'm not good at that. That would be a goal for 2022, um, just to be authentic with my phone calls and not yeah. feel like I'm making a sales call. So I, I do need to do that. But the rest of the stuff and the meetings, the one-on-ones, the you know paying attention to people's needs, it's very important to me to do custom gifts to people. I listen I watch during the sale during the sale process. Yeah. Like I, I listen and watch and, um, it's kind of funny and I don't even know if they'd use it, but I have a recent client his boys love Red Bull and all of this. And he would talk about, they went to this thing and all oh, this, this skydiver came down. I'm like, was it miles Dasher? He used to be in my market, you know, and we were talking about it. And it was fun. And, um, I dug through boxes that I haven't been in since I moved into my house in six years and found a hat with a tag on it still that said crew. And it was a Red Bull, um, it was from one of the air races I was at, and, and they were coming from Michigan, Detroit, and the air race was in Michigan, so it was Air Race Michigan crew, and that's what I put in with their closing gift. So stuff like that, because I knew, like, I was like, I don't know if they'd ever wear it or whatever, but I thought about our conversations, and it was important to make it personal to them. Wow, you know? that's good. Yeah. <clears throat> this is a fun. side note, but um, for anyone that doesn't know, like having 
authentic Red Bull, like a Red Bull helmet <laughs> in the skating world is like a sought That's after thing. Athlete. That's an athlete only. You cannot get those. Yep. And so it's the deal. So what, what do you have that we can auction off? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was the only thing I found with a tag on it, which was what was so weird. Cause they were coming from Michigan. I was like, okay, this is crazy. So what you've done well is you've been intentional about your, it sounds like several things there, networking your database, playing by the book, except for calls, Buffini, Buffini, Buffini has been your, your Kool-Aid. Yeah. And, and it sounds like an intentionality to be real, to, to really figure out each of your clients. So yeah. that you, you said customizing their gifts, right? Yeah. Well, that's just the little piece, but you know, just so they feel heard. Yeah. Or they understand. Well, if you're they... taking the time to figure that out, you're figuring out who they are. Yeah. So it's not just about the gift. Yeah. It's about serving them. Yes. Yeah. Um, that's really good. Yeah. <coughs> I mean that, but that's the fun part for me. You know, it's like, if I can't think of something unique, I'm always like, oh my gosh, how do I not know of something unique? You know, there's got to be something that I heard from them or whatever that's going to make me, you know, type of beer they talked about one time or whatever it is. So yeah, that's the fun part. So working by referral is what's working for you. Anything else? What would you say has, like, is there something that you believe you've done differently or better than some of your colleagues? That's a bad question because it makes it sound like you have to brag, but no, yeah, I'm not. Um, I'm not competitive that way, so I hope nobody thinks of it that way, but, um, I think when I'm doing it well, it's what I said. I recommend that other new agents do just put your head down, do the work and you do you. When I don't do well is what I am looking at my colleagues. What, well, should I be doing that? They're doing that. But I feel like that word again, authentic I do have a gift of being able to talk to people. You know, having children that can't do that has made me realize even more. I can just walk in a room and I'm never nervous. You know, that's kind of my gift. And I'm pretty real about it. You know, I really am interested in talking to people. So mm -hmm. I think paying attention to people. Um, at some point, I created a sheet in my listing packet that I share with people. These are the feelings you're going to go through when you sell your house. So give yourself some grace when you do. And I'll talk through the words. With wow. them. Yeah. One woman, yeah, she was in tears. She was like, oh my gosh, because we had our babies here. And, you know, but it's just like, again, realizing and telling them, I see you and give yourself grace. You might feel these things. And, and I'm legit. That's how I feel about it. You know, I just keep writing things down because I feel like you're, you're manufacturing a bunch of bumper stickers here. <laughs> you do you. I you see you. you. <clears throat> I mean, nothing's going to trump an 8.3 ounce Pierce, but. <laughs> I wanted it that bad and then dream realized what's next. Seriously, do you know that you're manufacturing like Oh man, I could good. this is where I could really make my millions. Maybe you're in the <laughs> in the wrong business. Well, actually, I have all these now. These are mine. <laughs> is there a trademark <clears throat> on them yet? Um <sighs> you you touched on it and I, I did want to reiterate what you've said there. So, you've you've struggled. Yeah. On comparison. Oh, I don't, I just can't do it. You're not competitive. Just, so like when the top 100 rankings come out, there's people in this company that they beat me to it every month. They, they know exactly when it's coming out. They want to see their ranking. You've always almost avoided that, right? I couldn't even tell you where I ranked in 2021. <clears throat> I have no idea. So unpack that a little bit. So yeah. you're clearly don't like to, you want to swim in your lane in, in a way you want to. I do. I mean, I feel like, you know, 2019 was one of my lowest volume years, but it's not because I didn't work just as hard as the other years. So I don't like to make myself feel like, well, I didn't work hard enough. So my volume wasn't there. It's not, I mean, 
it was probably that way because 16 and 17 or 17 and 18 had a different focus. Real estate's always my focus, but then family became focused. So that's why 19, you know, how that works in real estate, you know, it just kind of trickles down. It's not immediate, you know, results of anything you're doing. It's more long-term. So both comparison of where you are relative to others and measuring the metrics, both of those things don't motivate I you. <laughs> I hate it. Yeah, I don't, because I... I don't like to feel like I'm measuring and finding myself unworthy because I know I'm working hard. So that would be a me thing, I guess. Why would I feel unworthy? But I just, I don't, I like, you know, I remember talking to you the first time when I was like, I don't know if I want to go into real estate because I'm so used to being a part of a team. I don't want to fly solo. I don't like mm. a team is my thing, you know, and I was always marketing. I was never sales. So it's kind of one of those things that I, I don't know if that's where that mindset comes from, but I don't like competing against other people. That's so, not my goal. How do you work through me. that then in a sales environment? So one, what are you motivated by? And how do you navigate an environment where everything's measured by gross commissions <laughs> and volume and trophies? Try and put my head down and not look at all of it. Yeah. I mean, that's why I love the the competition you guys, you guys did this year at the mm -hmm. beginning of the year that we're in right now. That is my jam. That is like, okay, that is something everybody can win at if they choose to. Like, I mean, and it's silly that I hate the sales competitions when I, I do do well, you know, in the company, but I still hate them. I hate them for the people that aren't winning the awards, but I know they worked hard. Like, I don't know what that is. Like, I want everybody to just feel good about it. You work hard, you should feel good. It shouldn't be the same people getting the awards time after time. That's not motivating to me. I know it's motivating to some people. I want to beat that person. I want to yeah. beat that person. But to me, that's defeating. I don't want to beat somebody. I mean, I want to do well. I want to teach my kids how to do well, but I don't want to beat somebody. That's not my thing. Yeah, which is where the everything we try to do is about focus on the inputs or the activities, not the results. Yes, yeah. But at the end of the day, you got to accommodate both ends because uh, we sell houses for a living. And <laughs> unfortunately, they've got those beautiful trophies at the end of the year. That <clears throat> um, You know, working by referral, I work with good people. It's fun. That works for me. If I had a year where I worked with, you know, nothing can affect me as much as a really disgruntled client. That will go way further for me than five amazingly happy sending me thank you gifts after a sale client. That'll knock you off your horse it a little bit. It will knock me off my horse, yeah. Um, or clients that go elsewhere when I know that happens all the time. But it, it knocks me down. I take it personal because I spend a lot of personal time on this. And I am authentic. So then it's like, I'm loyal. You're not loyal? Oh, and maybe they're loyal to someone else, and that's okay. But you, it does uh, knock me down. <clears throat> you psychoanalyzed that a little bit? Oh, yeah. All the time. I had a sticky tab from you that said, um, <laughs> it's a yellow sticky tab. I had it for years. If you think you're overthinking it, you are. <laughs> 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 and I had to have it on this booklet because I know it. You know, I do overthink it to the point where it's kind of not fun anymore sometimes. So Have I, you figured yeah. out how to solve for that? <clears throat> um. No. Still working on it? <laughs> Still working on it. You know, I for my girls, I gave them these little stickers uh, that you can put on, they can put on their mirror, and it says, I am enough. That's all it says. That's good. That's truth, right? Like, if people walk away, if they go somewhere else, I always think, what did I do wrong? Should I said this? I'm like, I'm enough. It's, it's God taking care of me if they're with somebody else. I, that's what I have to believe. So, yes, I'm working on it. I'm, I'm doing a little bit better with it, but I... I it's still, eh, 
<laughs> yeah. Well, some of the some of the journeys, challenges that we have, you solve for along the way. Others, you just kind of carry with you throughout your life. It's back to the whole superpower and kryptonite thing. It's yeah. obviously you care, and obviously you're authentic, and so overthinking is a function of you really, really wanting a positive outcome for people. Yeah. It's a good thing, but it's uh, <coughs> What's it holds me back. It holds me back a little bit. So you, you've touched on the family thing. I, I yeah. think it's such a big part of your story. I always think about that more than more video that we put together oh gosh, man, so four cool. or five years ago at the awards banquet. Yeah. So um, you're good jumping into this? Yeah. Family yeah. side? Yep, yeah. So somewhere along the line, because I got to be a, a part of a lot of these you fun did. conversations. Somewhere along the line. You're going to realize during this podcast all the little things that you said to me along the way, are you getting that a little bit? Because well, <laughs> I'm remembering <clears throat> them. <laughs> yeah, some that were good, and I'm sure there's a few that ticked you off along the way too. That's okay. So, yeah, you've got, you've got two teenage girls now. Mm-hmm. Um, every time I come in your office, I, I just your, your pictures are they're so beautiful. The contrast, yes. uh, just amazing. Grown. Well, they've grown, and yeah. the, they're, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just fun to be a part of that journey. So do you want to talk us through that? You've adopted two girls, yeah. Ab- Abby and Grace. Yeah. And so do you want to share the story a little bit? Yeah, I just, um, I kind of always knew I was going to be a mom. That's where it comes from. I like, I knew to my core, I would, I just always knew I was going to be a mom. But then like 30 was my scary age for not getting married. Then it was 35, then it was 40. And then it was kind of like, oh my gosh. And then I realized after one really bad last blind date (laughs) that I was looking for the wrong thing. (laughs) True story. I was in the parking lot of a, um, coffee shop and I was like oh my gosh thank you for making this clear to me and then I jumped into the adoption journey the next day I started contacting people and doing all the stuff and um so I um it was a long journey I mean I kind of joke about it because people are like how long did it take you to get them I'm like well 20 years of dating and then like three of like (laughs) trying to get them here (laughs) so um they are from the Central African Republic and it's a country I had never heard of um, most people still haven't, um, crazy country, tough country. Um, we're probably going back in November for a five year anniversary and it's still a crazy country. That's scary to travel to. I had to fly them to Cameroon, Africa, another country to get them out of there. Cause there's no U S embassy. So, um, but it came about because I had gone for two years trying to adopt locally in the U S like infant adoption or whatever it may be. I had checked into fostering all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, Little known fact, but I even did artificial insemination. So, like, I went down every single avenue. And then I had to renew everything because you have to renew at a certain point because, you are you know, you're getting your fingerprints done and it's kids, right? So you renew everything. And the gal said, have we talked about international adoption? And I said, well, I thought it would take too long and cost too much money. So that's why I didn't do it. And here I am two years later without all the money, without the time. And so, so the first... First profile I saw was um, Abigail um, was her was the first profile. I'm like, the name thing's kind of weird, but we'll deal with it, you know. And the connection to that orphanage. Oh, yeah. So sorry. Um, So the gal I was working with knew about it because there's a a guy in Marshalltown, Iowa that started it. So it is literally a guy in Marshalltown, Iowa. And then there's four of us on the board all near the Ames area. Um, so that's it. It's not an uh, international organization. So it's, at the time, you're not on the board, though. You, no, you no. Yeah. engage with this guy, and he, he recommends this location? Or? He came to uh, 
um, well, I said, yeah, I'll do it. I'm interested. And she's like, it's a very volatile country. They'll probably shut them down. What we see a lot in these countries in Africa is they'll allow a few adoptions through and then they get shut down, you know, for whatever reason. I was like, okay, sign me up. You know, I'm two years in. I'm like, let's just do this. And then the very next day, Carter sent me the profiles and Abigail was the first one on it. So um, I was like, yeah, the name thing is going to be weird. And then they said, um, and I don't even know if my girls know this, but they're not going to listen to this podcast. They said, you know, because I said I want, you know, just maybe one, you know, that's around age eight. And so I ended up with a 10 and a 13-year-old, you know, in the end. But um, they said Abigail has a sister, but they're not close. So you don't have to adopt them both. But I'm, I have three sisters, no brothers, like sisters I get. So I was like, okay, you know, that's silly. I, I'm going to adopt them both. So I'm like, you know, thinking I'm getting a eight and 10 year old and this is over my head, but I'm going to do it. Cause I, I'm a marksman and I want kids and this is my mark and I'm going to get it. And, um, yeah. So then that, it went kind of quickly after that. So that's why I'm involved in it because it's such a small organization. Yeah. So I went over, I said yes in February or March of 16, got their pictures, uh, April of 17 with them together for the first time. I'd never seen that. I remember nope. you bringing those to the office yes, and sharing them with It's the one me. that's yeah. there. I remember you saying, you've made this decision. You got to change your business. That was another Dylanism that I had. <laughs> you were set. We were downstairs. I had that door <coughs> office and you said that to me, like, I don't know why you're trying to decide what you're going to do to change your business. Cause you've already made the decision. It's these two. You girls were overthinking right here. the changes you needed to make in order right. to put, like, put can this I do together. this by myself? Do I need to bring, you know? Yeah. I needed help. I couldn't have done that, you know, on my own. Mm -hmm. I, you know, there's so much that goes into it when they first arrive and all of that. So yeah. So it went really fast from there then. So I went and then I went in July. So it was March. I said, yes, April, I see pictures, July. I'm there. It did not go well at first. <laughs> I will when, just say when you arrived, um, well, when we arrived, I mean, stuff like, you know, you look for signs or something. If I paid attention to that, there was a report that came out and it was like, you know, don't travel there. You know, my mom didn't really want me to go. And um, I just, my sister who went with me speaks French. That's the country language. And so I'm like, yeah, I'll bring her with me. Um, and she said, you know what? We got to go. These are your girls. We got to go get them. And I didn't bring them home, but we got to meet them, you know. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. And then we get there, and then the flight gets canceled. <laughs> so we're in France, and the flight's canceled. So I'm like, is this meant to be? So for anyone that doesn't understand the process, oh, you, yeah. you at that point, you've already connected with the girls? Nope, you've, okay. they have no idea. So I, I got pictures of them, but they know nothing. Okay. And then I, I didn't even have my, it's called a dossier. I did not have that in yet. I was going to go there and I'm type A. So I need to know that it's Ab and Grace that I'm going for. But once I get there, the first step into that orphanage, I see a little boy and there's probably 30 kids there on average, usually always. And I see him counting us like, you know, what are my oh, odds? No. Oh yeah. That's what I thought he was thinking at that moment. That was you know, he's one yeah. of the older boys. Yeah. And I was like, <gasps> just, I'm going to get stomach aches. So I'm like, you know what? I need to just let this play out. And if, if I connect with any of these kids, I, cause I didn't have my paperwork in yet. I just knew I was going to, yeah. So I'm like, I'm going to let this play out. And, and if I connect with other kids and I connect with them and then, um, it went until the, almost the day before I left and, and app, my younger one, she's still my one. <laughs> she had nothing to do with me. And crazy enough, Grace, they said, we all walked in there. I see the boy counting kids. And then they told them 
take your guests and show them around our home. So all these kids are grabbing hands, and there was a couple of young gals that had been there numerous times, so that, of course, all the kids went to them. And apparently, Grace, my older one, tells me now that there was nobody else left, and that's why she took my hand. (laughs) (laughs) She said, she's like, what is this weird lady staring at me? But I didn't know which ones were my girls. I didn't have name tags on. And they all had their hair very, you know, shaved short and stuff. So I was like, I don't know which ones are mine. You know, I'd only seen pictures from, you know. So she took me around and I thought, oh, my gosh, that's crazy. When I figured out it was really Grace that had taken me around. So, but Ab had nothing to do with me for till right before I left. And then I decided I was going to tell them. And I had created photo books. Like, I, I did the whole photo book with the rest of my family. So this will give you perspective. So they think they're, at the time I tell them, they think they're coming to live in an orphanage in Iowa because the pictures I give to them in this family photo book are of my parents' big farmhouse. It's a big white house. They live in a big brick house in Africa. So perspective, right? They don't yeah. know anything about They have knew nothing. They don't have electricity, toilet paper, anything in this country. So they don't know what America is, right? They've heard about it. So they see this big white house and all these kids because it's all my nieces and nephews and sisters and brothers. So I... It's just stuff like that that I've had to learn over the last four and a half years. It's just when you only have a limited perspective, it's always going to be skewed of, so, you know, they get here and they, they think they've got all these siblings or something and they don't. It's me. <laughs> so that was even a weird learning. But so, but you're, you're there. You're hanging out with them for several days. You yeah. haven't yet actually made a, a decision. But no. at some point, you make that in, in real time. Yes. And then sit down with these girls yeah. and in broken language... Yep. Try and explain to them. So when you make that decision, you then consult with someone on the ground told, and say, uh, we're Papa good. Papa Samuel, the one that, that manages it all, and that's their Papa. They call him Papa Samuel. And I, the crazy part was I had a moment with Ab where I had a ball and I would bump it to her and she'd bump it back. And then I'd set it and then she'd set it. And all of a sudden it became just the two of us. Nobody else was outside anymore. And that was our moment. And wow. then we were fine. And then she was around me and Grace was around me. And unbeknownst to me, they had one of their 12 siblings working there at that time. They had brought her in to accommodate our big group. And her name um, is Alida. So I didn't know. I'm I'm around her. She's an auntie for the week, uh, making food and, and helping out. And I, at one point, you know, I have a picture of her with my sister, Lydia, and at one point, she's looking through my phone because they were all intrigued by our phones. So she had a little flip phone. And she said, are you going to – she tried to ask my sister in French, but it was broken, you know, like, are you going to adopt her, Abigail? It was a picture of Abigail jumping rope. And I was like, like, we hadn't said anything. So I looked at Lydia. I was like, just tell her I'd like to adopt them all. You know, like, I don't know mm-hmm. how to address this in broken – I want clear understanding here. So then um, right after that – Again, and we end up outside, and it ends up the four of us. It's just Lydia, my sister, and I, and the two girls. And they don't hang together, my two girls. They didn't then, they don't now. And someone walked by and took a picture, and that's the picture I have. And at that point, Grace is asking Lydia, are you going to be my mom? And is Abby going to, or me going to be Abigail's mom? And I just couldn't, I didn't want any, you know, whatever. So I said, tell them you know, no, basically, or we'll, we'll talk about it later. And then I went into Papa Samuel right then. I said, let's tell them tonight. Did not go well. I should have just gone with it at that moment because we, oh my gosh. So they prayed for us to leave. And so all the kids are bawling. I'm talking not gentle tears. Weeping, yeah. Wailing, yes. And he sends them all up to bed. And then he asks for my two girls to come down. So they think they're in trouble. I've talked about them 
you know, talk to them about it now. I was like, what did you think? She's like, that we were in trouble. <laughs> so they're bawling at the bottom of the steps. I got a film crew filming this sucker. <laughs> and so Papa Samuel sits down. He's over there with the tea. <laughs> they're bawling. I'm sitting on the couch like a deer in headlights. And the film crew's there. And I'm just like, oh, this is so bad. And so then they came over on the couch, and I, I gave him the book. And I said, can you – well, I – not the books yet. I said to him, can you ask them, tell them thank you for letting me see their home and be a part of it and ask them if they want to come and be a part of mine. Okay. So he leans to him and does his thing. And then, and they're bawling. They're still bawling. So I'm like, oh gosh, this is so not good. You know, like this is not going to go well. Um, and I was like, do they understand? He said, yes. And I was like, okay. So I'm like, maybe you want to show them the book so they understand what my family is. And he's like, okay. So he leans over and he's talking to him and they're bawling. So I, and then finally he gets mad. He's like, Sends them up to bed. That was it. <laughs> no hugs. No, like, this is what this oh, means. Man. No, nothing. What's going through your head? <clears throat> this is bad. Like, they don't want to come. They don't, you know, like, and the What was actually going on? Um, they were very upset that everybody was leaving. They understood, uh, but they didn't know when they would see me again. Hmm. So it was just, it was just really bad timing. Yeah, the sequencing there seems, yes. seems like it was pretty. But it was on him, you know, like he wanted to do it at night before bed. Like when I went to talk to him during the day, he was just very busy. I get it. But so, it, yeah, so I saw him that morning and then I left at 730 in the morning and I had no contact with them for a year till they, I flew over to get them because there's no mail or anything. And a lot of times they don't have phone in the village where they are. So, so I feel like we could. I know. I know. I'm sorry. <clears throat> no, it's, yeah. it's, it's amazing. It's, it's yeah. an incredible story. We could, and I want to dig into almost all the chapters, but for the yeah, sake of time, I we, we kind of can't. Yeah. So yeah. To, today, so the girls come over what year? Uh, 17. And they've been with you how long? Four and a half years. Yeah. And we're, I mean, we've talked a lot, but uh, they're settling in. They're going they're to school. They're awesome. doing their thing. and yeah. yeah. They're really awesome. I don't really know how they navigate between you know, Africa life and, and life here, but they do it pretty seamlessly. You know, I see some things sometimes. We keep in touch with their siblings. They call. So. And you're you're taking them back for the first time five years later. Yes. And, oh, sorry, when is that again? November, I think. So that's a big milestone yeah. and maybe one that you said you were a touch nervous about. I am nervous. You know, it's a volatile country. It just is. Well, but know? even on the psychological oh, side, gosh, just yeah. them dealing with it. Yeah, I think, um, you know, my abs pretty... She's pretty guarded. You know, you've got to earn it with her um, for obvious reasons. She's, she was in the orphanage since she was four. Mm. And then um, Grace went to the orphanage when she was 11. So she's a little bit more, she, I say she grieves like an African. She was able to grieve when she got here, whereas Ab's more guarded. So Grace, I feel like, has evolved and, and been able to really express everything where Ab hasn't. So I'm a little fear, fearful for Ab and how it's going to feel to go back. And so Grace's experience was with the family. Ab's was at the orphanage. Mm -hmm. So the family very much wants to see Ab and wants to talk to her on the phone, but she doesn't have memories of them so much. So that's going to be hard for her, I think. Yeah, it'll be... It'll be quite a journey. It will be, but yeah, they've been asking since the you know first year they were here. They still want to go. I think they just we've been already talking about what that's going to be like emotionally. And so, how has um, kind of transitioning? How yeah. is how has this new balance been for you then? Uh, being a all of a sudden like right away, you're in the deep end. Mom of two teenage girls with broken English, figuring out a new culture, yeah. and selling a whole bunch of real estate. How'd that go? I don't even know if I can remember it all. It was a blur. <laughs> I mean, it, it must was, have been. 
It really was. I mean, I, you know, they have, you have to cocoon when, when kids first come, which means you're the person and they got to know that. So I didn't do any babysitters mm. and everybody watch them. My parents came, I had nobody in town, no family. So my parents would come once a week on Wednesdays and pick them up from school. And I would stay at work till midnight, get as much done as I could, and then just come home and crash. So they, you know, that helped that once a week, but everything I did, I just told myself, this is such a short amount of time such a short amount of time, you know, that they're going to be young or that they didn't speak. I mean, they had zero English. Mommy Meaning was it. We can get through this. Yes. Okay. It's a short amount of time that, that until they're more self-sufficient until we can communicate until, you know, they can, you know, be comfortable staying with other people until they can be comfortable staying home after dark. Well, you got you one know. of them driving now, right? Two actually. Two of well, them Grace driving. is, yeah. Grace will be 18 in April. Oh my gosh. Yep. And so she's been driving for two years and she's got a lot of trouble with reading. So we're, you know, I had her tested this week for dyslexia. And so she wanted that so bad to drive that she memorized every sentence that she could have been questioned on that test and missed one. Incredible. <laughs> and then Ab just got her permit. So she's, she's well on her way as so well. So you were right. That was a period of time. It you, really was. You guys navigated it yeah. and. So t today you've got an 18 and a 16. 14. Four 18, 18 and 14, 14 year old. Yeah. yeah. Well, almost 18. She likes to think she's 20. but And so today it's it's a little more like you're a, a, a regular single mom. Yeah. Um, navigating the balance of, of business and family. And, yeah. And I it's, mean, how's it going? It's going really well now. But again, my perspective is kids that, you know, I have to teach everything to you that more don't speak English. Yeah. <laughs> so now the fact that we can communicate, like the team thing is hard and that's hard to get used to. My youngest used to be my one that treated me like a playmate instead of a mom. Like, what are we doing next? What are we doing next? And now she just can't even handle, I mean, if I ask her a question, it's very offensive. No matter what the question is, just the fact that I'm speaking to her is offensive. <laughs> so that transition, but that's a regular team thing. So then I'm like, okay, that's a good milestone. Yeah. So it's hard. I'm not going to lie. It's hard. You know, I, I don't have anybody to tap out with. Like mm -hmm. I can't go get, you know, I, I just can't tap out. I have to be it. So yeah. that's the, that's probably the hard part. But um, I get to parent the way I want to parent. And we are like the three musketeers and I'm trying to learn them. And Grace already has a business. And, you know, during COVID, I had a chart up that had um, an X on it every time I sold a house because they felt like I was working all the time. Because mm. all of a sudden I'm home, they're home, and they're seeing that I'm working during the day too. They didn't I understand. I don't think they ever thought about what I did during the mm. day when they're at school. And so it became, you just work all the time. You just work all the time, which is true. But I wanted it to be different. Like, I wanted the feeling to be different, that I'm doing it for us. So we'd cross it off. We'd cross it off. And then, so we, at the end, we, we got a place in Florida. That was the goal. And got that in May. And that's their happy place. It feels a little bit like Africa. Same kinds of trees and vegetables and fruits and weather. Yeah, Did it you, is their happy place. So you, you actually yeah. finally pulled the trigger on that. We I talked about that for a while. Yeah, that's exciting. Finally, <laughs> a realtor. I mean, my broker kept telling me the way you make money in real estate is owning it. <laughs> <laughs> well, see if, all uh, my Dylanisms. You think we don't listen, but if we you do. You think you're overthinking it, Abby? You probably are. <laughs> there it is. Okay, so let's transition then. Uh, uh, this sounds uh, maybe I'm jumping here, but uh, dream, dream realized. What's next? <sighs> so I mean, you uh, you got a couple of teenage girls working their way through school, and um, you're running a successful real estate business uh -huh. as a single mom. You've you've sold a lot of real estate. Yeah. 
is there a uh, or is it or is it not what's next yet it's uh got to navigate this chapter where are you at i think i'm still navigating it you know i do have that you know you can tell i've jumped around i'm like okay i got that let's what's next i got that so i definitely have that a little bit and i i struggle with am i turning this into a team but i feel like i don't i've never really wanted that i i just know what i know and i'm you know i so I guess maybe that's it, figuring it out. What is my next yeah. kind of goal or what is my next thing? Because I don't. Well, you know, you need a next, next target. Thing. Yes. yes. And it's, um, now that I know that um, even more than I did <laughs> yeah. before, I think uh, it seems like I've got to create some more challenges. For oh, you. my gosh. Here we go. <laughs> you know, at one point, my mom said to me, like, what are you looking for? Because I would move, you know, every few years and whatever. So that's the big question. So if you can help me figure out, Dylan. What am I looking for next? I you think know? that's everybody's question, Abby. Yeah, like what's, you know, and there's the why, right? And yeah. my kids are my why, and I, I don't regret any of the choices I've made since they've arrived. That is the really cool part about it. I don't regret any of it. Like I've been there for them. I've been at everything, even if it meant that my business wasn't what it used to be at some point, you know? So I don't know. I guess keep you know, one of my goals could maybe be to keep doing what I'm doing, but feel like I'm doing it well. A lot of times I feel like I'm doing the real estate thing. I'm doing the mom thing. I'm trying to do the friend thing, but I don't know that I'm doing any of them really well or to the level I would like to do it. Does that mean do, um, do less better? Yeah, perhaps. Maybe it's be proactive instead of reactive on all levels too, because you know, I struggle with planning. I don't like be put in a box. I don't like time limits. I don't like, you know, that's a part of my buffini profile too. You know, I'm, you yeah. know, we, we knew when we started a real estate brokerage, <laughs> we were signing up for complexity with all these, uh, failed bunch civilians. of rogue people <clears throat> that like, it makes it funny. <laughs> have their own rules. Uh, Is any of that got to do with back of the boat? Is some of that just about realizing how far you've come and celebrating the wins? I don't do it well. You know, that gap in, in the gap in the game yep. book, um, I don't do it well. I don't do it well. And I know like I'll every once in a while I'll say, now I'm, I'm gapping. I'm, you know, mm -hmm. I don't ever celebrate. I just had the best year in real estate in 10 years and I do anything to celebrate. No, I'm worried because it's Q1. Mm -hmm. I guess my celebration was, was getting that place for my family and having that space and committing yep. to go visit it. Which should be yeah. a massive celebration, but I know what you mean when you say uh, it, that should be, but it doesn't feel that way. It just feels because it's how we're wired. Yeah, more, more, more. Next goal, next goal. Well, let's close with this. Okay. I, uh, <clears throat> do you know what dear Abby is? Yeah, yes, <laughs> I've thought about that before. Like, what's my angle here to be public on things, or what's my marketing? There's a song, dear Abby, too. I'm oh, really? Yeah, I'm not gonna sing it though. <laughs> Thank you. Maybe I can find a way to get that like <laughs> edited in. Um, so let's close with just some advice then, seeing as you are Abby. <clears throat> Isn't that what Dear Abby was? It yeah, was they a, would write in and she would give Dear advice. Abby, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So why don't we do that real quick? Advice. Uh, uh, what advice would you have given yourself looking back in your first year? Um, Faith-based, not fear-based decisions. Don't take a client because I'm scared I'm not going to have an income the next week, even if they if it doesn't feel right or, you know, they're not going to treat you right. I know, again, it's easier to say when you've been in business longer, but I think when I make decisions based on what I don't want to happen versus what I can have some faith that I'm going to do well and it's going to it's going to happen. And 
you know, faith in God or faith in myself or just faith-based. Have the faith that, you know, what you do will help you with your results. Which is uh, easier to do when you're putting in the right inputs, right? When yeah. You're doing the work that you know you need to do, you can you can be like, okay, I don't have it yet, but it's coming. Yes. Um, just have patience. You know that, it, yeah, you're doing it right. I love it. And that connects really yeah. well with the whole marketing conversation about, you know. Yeah. If you build it, they will come. <laughs> the Iowa. There is another sticker. Oh, no. That one's been done. Field of Dreams, yo. Yeah, no, you, you can't TM that one. So how about this? This is a game I've been playing now for the last few years in my head. I, I feel like all, all of life. Okay, so today, looking backwards, you know things that you didn't know then that you wish you did, right? Yeah. But some of these things you can... They're kind of intuitive. So like in 10 years, I like to imagine 50, I'm 42. So 52-year-old Dylan looking sure. back and what what is 52-year-old Dylan almost surely going to tell or what would 52-year-old yeah. Dylan tell 42-year-old Dylan? And so you know what advice you would offer yourself looking backwards. Yeah. What advice 10 years from now do you think you would offer your present self? How's that for a question? Oh, boy. What do you know you need to be working on, basically, that one day you're going to look back and go, duh? I know, which I'm sure there's probably several, actually. But <laughs> I would say um, be present. You know, in real estate and in life, and especially in real estate, you're six weeks out. You're, you know, till a closing. You're looking at Q2 and Q1. You're, you know... I, and in life also, oh, yeah, I can't wait till, you know, Ab's driving so I don't have to leave work every day at three to go get her and take her to wherever she's going. You know, be present. Why am I not present? Like, this is the good life right now. Oh this is what I dreamed of <clears throat> 10 years ago is now. Yet I'm looking ahead. I told you, I'm looking ahead. I'm ready to retire. I'm exhausted. You know, at the end of last year, I have since come over that little hump. But be present. Uh, that's this br is it. Brilliantly insightful. I mean, <clears throat> I think so many of us are struggling with that. That that probably is at the top of my list as well. Yeah. It's but it's that's a much 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 bigger statement than it reads on the bumper sticker. Yeah, isn't this what you dreamed of for yourself even twenty years ago? I don't think yeah, I would have dreamed to be where I am today. Yeah. <clears throat> it's bigger than I imagined. It's better than I imagined. But I'm never really content. And I'm always focused on what could be better or needs to change. or And then in the moment, there's just all this incredible beauty, all these amazing stories, all these successes, all this um, stuff worth celebrating. But my brain and my heart isn't able always just to be there and take it in. I feel like you're doing a little bit better in it, though. Like, even with conversations you've had with me, okay. Like, I got this done, so now I'm going to be more present with you guys. Or, you know, even with your family, I see that. Well, we're so. trying, right? Yeah, we're all trying. Yeah. It's just, I don't think, that's one of those battles I think I'll be fighting till, Forever, till the last day. That's how we're day. wired. A little bit. Yeah. <clears throat> a little yeah. bit. But, but it's also how you got here. Correct. If you, know? you weren't con discontent, you, you wouldn't climb <laughs> climb mountains. Thank goodness I'm discontent. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll keep working on getting better at that. I, I think age does a lot for that. Yeah. I think perspective. And awareness. Yeah. I think we're both aware of the stuff. I'm in no way pretending I don't have stuff, you know, I need to work on. So let's close with a final question, dear Abby. <clears throat> Just uh, generally, I know it's not super deep, but what, what advice would you offer to new agents getting in the business right now? What does um, success look like or what do you think they need to be doing to win? 
I think that they need to think of themselves as a business owner. I think they need to take advantage of all the training that we have at Century 21. And it's it's up to them. They can make it what they want. You know, I think when you come from a business world, you know, you're a part of somebody else's success and vision and dream or whatever that company is. But if you really think about it, you can be your own thing. But it's not going to be immediate, you know. Nothing is immediate. It's what I tell my kids all the time. you got to practice, practice, practice. But people make it look easy, right? You look at the ones yeah. that are successful and it looks easy. But you forget about the other part, you know. You forget about that first year when you couldn't go to lunch with us yes. because you didn't yes. have the money. Yeah. <clears throat> like, I think my income, I I mean, I know I think it was under 30000 mm. So, you know, it's like, that's, that's pretty intense. That wasn't yeah. that long ago. Well, because you came from... Making good money. I did. I yeah. had a company car and a health plan. Do you a, regret the, I mean, looking back, did, did you imagine you'd be where you are today and the, the shift into real estate? Any regrets on that? I don't because I feel like everything I did up until I went into real estate was a part of it. Instead of juggling events and having uh, all these pieces in the air of the event, the cars, the hotel, the whatever, now I'm juggling clients. They're all at a different space in their journey beautiful but it all comes together yeah, right? it does I mean, so everything you did yeah. there that we talked about in the beginning really is all the components yeah. of running a real estate business yeah and it's been cool to be a part of like i said the companies that weren't the biggest and then got to be a part of that i love the climb mm. and then you know and that's the climb is me or the climb is century 21 or whatever so i love the climb yeah. oh <laughs> wait i think miley cyrus did that one <laughs> It's a song. I'm pretty sure that every one of these <laughs> have been said by somebody else. Well, Abby, I can't tell you how much fun oh, this was. Um, well, thank you and for fun having to reminisce. me. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know what's next, but I know you're going to keep uh, keep climbing. So Yeah. I don't know what's next either, but I'm going to try and be present and have fun along the way. And I'm fascinated to hear how that trip in November goes. That's quite a milestone yeah. for everybody. So That's huge. Thank you. Thanks well, so much. Good job. Thanks again. Thank you for joining us today. For more episodes, resources, and show notes, head to morethanmorepodcast.com.